The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 16th chapter. Jesus also said to the disciples, there was a rich man who had a manager and charges were brought to him that this man was wasting his possessions. And he called him and said to him, what is this that I hear about you? Turn in the account of your management for you can no longer be manager. And the manager said to himself, what shall I do since my master is taking the management away from me? I'm not strong enough to dig and I'm ashamed to beg. I've decided what to do so that when I'm removed from management, people may receive me into their houses. So summoning his master's debtors one by one, he said to the first, how much do you owe my master? He said, a hundred measures of oil. He said to him, take your bill and sit down quickly and write 50. Then he said to another, how much do you owe? He said, a hundred measures of wheat. He said to him, take your bill and write 80. The master commended the dishonest manager for his shrewdness. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of light. And I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of unrighteous wealth, so that when it fails, they may receive you into the eternal dwellings. One who is faithful in very little is also faithful in much. And the one who is dishonest in a very little is also dishonest in much. If then you have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will entrust to you the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for he will either hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. The Pharisees, who were lovers of money, heard all these things and they ridiculed him. And he said to them, you are those who justify yourselves before men but God knows your hearts. For what is exalted of men is an abomination in the sight of God. This is the gospel of the Lord. In the holy name of Jesus. Amen. Our holy musings for today are given direction by Jesus' parable of the unjust steward. New Testament scholars include this among the list of difficult texts to interpret, and you can probably see why. What does Jesus mean to teach us? Is it acceptable to be so shrewd as to cheat someone in order that the Lord may be impressed by your shrewdness and take you back in? The meaning seems to be shrouded in a cloud, much like we see in the Transfiguration or in Elijah's encounter of God on the mountain. To understand the text, 
it is helpful to know who Jesus is teaching. This parable is addressed to Jesus' disciples and is therefore prime catechetical material. This teaching is meant to inform the disciples first and foremost about God and only secondarily about their response to God. If one considers the parable from the Lord's perspective, then the focus of the parable is not on the dishonesty of the unjust steward, but rather on the mercy of the Lord. The master's mercy to the steward is parallel to the father's mercy to the prodigal son just before it. The steward sees that the solution to his dire predicament must come from outside of himself. The renters, in having their bills reduced, must think this is in character with the master's mercy because they don't question it. The Lord is merciful against all odds. We are even told that the master praised the unjust steward. The master saw desperation in the steward's actions and had compassion rather than an extra measure of punishment and judgment. This parable is predicated on Jesus' Sermon on the Plain early in Luke's Gospel. The sermon begins with the blessings and woes which teach us to recognize our need to put everything in order. In the Sermon on the Plain, Jesus proceeds to preach about loving one's enemies, but then he makes the statement that runs like a thin red line through the gospel to our parable today. Jesus said, For the Lord is kind to the unthankful and evil. Therefore be merciful, just as your Father also is merciful. This hits to the point of the parable. The Heavenly Father is merciful, even to the unthankful and evil. This would become important for the disciples to remember at the time of our Savior's passion. It is when everything seems to be spiraling out of control that every human being goes into survival mode. People cheat, deceive, entice, and lie to save themselves. The disciples would position themselves to save their own necks at the time of Christ's arrest and crucifixion. Peter denies Jesus. The young man in Mark's gospel flees naked. It is meant for our learning as well. We have our own sins. When God's way doesn't seem to be fast enough or it doesn't go in a straight line, then we spring into action. And often, our neighbor suffers amid our advances to save ourselves. Because of our beautiful Gospels, however, that contain the teachings of Jesus, the church finds a calm as we listen to the choir sing and the instruments resound around us. One's quiet panic 
is turned by Jesus' words into a beautiful sanctuary of sound and chant and psalm and prayer and absolution, an enticing environment of hope as the Lord draws you into a physical space where a holy table is set. It is Jesus' way that mercy has a location. In Luke 6.39, where Jesus says, Be merciful, as your Father is also merciful, the word for mercy is a particular kind of mercy. For one, it is deeply concerned about another's misery. But even more, the Greek word comes from the word for house. The Lord's mercy is such as we see in our parable is not far away or removed. It implies an indwelling sort of mercy. It implies a divine visitation. As the disciples listened to the catechesis of Jesus, and as they watched him heal many with various diseases and maladies, they saw mercy in the flesh. In a similar way, we come with the maladies of the soul. Sin and trouble shroud our lives in darkness, and we experience the pressure of a weak faith and nagging temptations. The human being is often focused on a life of pleasure and ease. No doubt, this may have been one of the driving forces in the unjust steward's unfortunate situation of losing his position. The early Christians understood well how seeking a life of pleasure and ease leads to exhaustion, and then frustration, all of which can destroy the soul. But the Father's mercy spoken of in Luke's Gospel instructs us today. The Father's mercy descends from heaven upon the unthankful and the evil. Paul says pointedly, while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. In one sentence, Paul sums up the meaning of our parable. This parable, demonstrating divine mercy, is teaching us about Luke's emphasis on the visitation of our Lord upon the earth. Think about Luke's gospel. Luke's gospel tells of angels visiting and announcing the Lord's coming. The Virgin Mary, pregnant with Jesus, visits Elizabeth. Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, at John's birth, sings, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. And Jesus raises the dead son of the widow of Nain. And what does the crowd say? God has visited his people. Our exclamations of God's visitation upon us today resound 
amid the gifts that pour out from the altar. Let the descent of the Lord's mercy rain gently upon you today. Behold our Lord's indwelling grace as the Holy Spirit washes over you from the scriptures. For divine mercy makes its home with you here as Jesus absolves you of your sins. Like the unjust steward, Jesus comes to restore you. Your distresses and your fears are laid aside as Jesus makes a dwelling here and opens his temple of mercy to let you in. In the holy name of Jesus. Amen.